welcome back. I am Leanne Finley-Maxwell with Panther City Partners. I'm a personal development coach focused on working with people navigating life's transitions. Remember, life is all about change. The only constant is change, but you don't have to go it alone. Today, I want to tell you a little bit more about myself and my, my transitions that I've navigated through. Last time, we spent some time talking about my transitions in my younger years, and now I want to spend a few minutes or a few a m- few moments of your time talking more about my transitions as an adult. So as, a, as an adult, you know, an adult, what is an adult? <laughs> I think that's such a funny word because my dad used to always tell me when I was a kid, you're going to love being an adult. Anytime I found something that was difficult and I find myself saying the same things or at least thinking the same things with my children and also with my young adult clients. You know, research shows that our brains don't fully stop developing until we're about 25. But we thrust all of these really adult decisions on people who are much younger than that. So when I talk about being adult for an, an adult for me, I'm talking about uh, into my late 20s and early 30s and now into my 40s. So an adult to me is someone who's a little bit older, who has a little bit more experience under their belt. Now, that's not to say I didn't have to make really big and important decisions when I was a young adult. But I think as an adult, I have a different frame of reference and a different way to make those decisions. So I wanted to talk a little bit about some of those transitions today and what I've learned from some of those transitions. So when my spouse and I got married, my husband's name is Spencer. When we got married, I was about 27, 28. So I felt like I was a little bit older. My parents had gotten married when they were 19. So the fact that I waited until I was 27, 28 meant that I was a well, well-seasoned adult by the time I got married. My grandparents, my, my dad's parents had gotten married when they were 16. So let me tell you, I learned how to spread out the generations. Thank you very much. Which my parents were really happy about. I have to say they were not the type of parents who were wondering when I was going to get married. They were, they never once asked me that question. So I really appreciate that they never asked me that. But when my husband and I got married, we were living in Fort Worth and we it was great. We loved Fort Worth. We had a cute little house um, he, that he had bought before we got married. It was a great house. I actually worked down um, in Burleson, which is where I grew up. I think I told you all that last time at um, what used to be my high school, which was a middle school. So we had a good little thing going. Um, but when we got married, we had we both wanted to move to Austin. We had both gone to school there um, at the same time, but we did not know each other in college. And he had grown up in the Austin area. So we knew that getting back to Austin was one of the big things that we wanted to do. So we got married in 2005. And by the end of the school year, 2007, we were moving back to Austin. We had wonderful friends, great family up here, a wonderful support system. We loved doing all of the fun Fort Worth things, but we just were like, well, but we've always wanted to move to Austin. So we're just going to move to Austin. So fortunately, my husband worked for a company that had an office in Austin that he had worked at before. So he was able to really easily get a, get, um, a trans- transfer back to that office. Um, we found a house that we really liked and were able to purchase. And, um, so we moved. Now, when we moved, there were two things that made that transition rather difficult. One was that we could not find a buyer for our Fort Worth house. And that was really scary because also 
I did not find a job immediately. I had been working as a teacher. I have a teaching certificate. And so I had been working as a middle school teacher for two years, which was the job that I was looking for. But I was really struggling to find a job when we first moved down there. So here we are. We moved to Austin. We get a great house, which is actually in Austin, not in a suburb, which we would have to move to now because I don't think we could afford to live in Austin. (laughs) Um, We moved to Austin. We have one job between the two of us, but we have two houses between the two of us. And so there were many nights I remember falling asleep and praying to God that my husband would not die and leave me with two mortgages because that was a really scary time for me because I needed a job. So my goal initially had been to get a teaching job because that's what I knew. That's what I had been doing. That was what my adult professional career was, was as a teacher. And so I applied in Austin. I applied in Round Rock. I applied in Del Valley. I applied in Pflugerville and in Hutto and all of these different places. And for whatever reason, it just wasn't catching. I don't know if I applied at the wrong time of the year, if I was not didn't have um, the right experience or if I was applying for the wrong types of jobs, but it just was not happening. And so when I um, finally got the call, when I finally realized that, here's what happened. I got really scared that I wasn't going to be able to find a job. And so I had to start looking at other places. I had to start broadening my job search. And this, I think, is something that happens to a lot of people in transitions is, you know, there's that old adage that says, if you keep trying the same things over and over again, expecting this different results, that's the definition of insanity. And that's kind of what I was doing. I was trying the same thing over and over again with trying to find a teaching job. And I was expecting different results every time. And it just wasn't happening. So when I realized that, I realized that I was going to have to do something different. I decided to start looking for other types of jobs. Now, my background was in education, so I knew that I would need to find some kind of job in education because that's what I was. I was an educator. I really was there to serve people, mostly my students and their parents. So I opened my my job search up. I just broadened it, and I found a job working at UT. So at the University of Texas at Austin, I found an academic advising job, which was really a great job for me. So I worked with college students who were, initially they were incoming freshmen into the Department of Engineering and helped them navigate school. And I don't know if you remember from my last podcast, but that's still a lot of what I do. I help people navigate college, not just the academics pieces of college, but also the life piece of college. So I found this awesome job and I really liked it. I really liked it until it was summer and I realized that I had to keep working. Now, that's trivial for a lot of you. A lot of you work full time and you work year round and you're like, that's just really spoiled, Leanne. And it is really spoiled. And I fully and readily admit that. But I grew up in a home of educators. My parents were both school teachers. And that was a lifestyle that I just had grown accustomed to. You you work really, really incredibly hard for nine months of the year. And then you usually pick up a part-time job over the summer, which is what my parents often did. So I was not equipped really to keep working this job year round. I was not prepared for that. So that summer... Um, I decided that I was going to try to find another job. Unfortunately, I did. I found a teaching job um, in Round Rock, which was a great experience for me. 
The reason I tell you this story about transition um, is because I really had to know myself. You know, I I knew that working all summer long, as petty as that sounds and as spoiled as that sounds, was not going to work for me. So I had to figure out a way to make that work for me. Now, the other thing I had to do was I had to think about my energy around that. Because, you know, I was, I did work that whole summer um, and I didn't want to be there, but I had to be there. And so I got to choose how I showed up every day. I had to have the right energy every day that I went to work. And that can really make a big impact on your way, your ability to navigate transition. Whether you are thrust into transition against your will or whether it is a choice that you made, your energy and how you approach and the attitude you have about that transition can really set the tone for how well or how smoothly that transition runs. So even though I was not particularly thrilled with having to work the, during the summer, um, especially during the times when there was no one on campus and I could not for the life of me figure out why I was still there, I had to have the right energy and the right attitude around that time. And that really helped that transition go more smoothly. Now, at that job, I made some great friends, one friend in particular who has been a good friend of mine ever since. And so I got, I, I learned a lot and I gleaned a lot from that time at that job. But ultimately, I realized that that wasn't at that time the right place for me. But I did learn during that time that having the right energy and right attitude about the transition can really help make or break how smoothly it goes. So we lived in Austin for several years. We moved from one house to another, and um, we we were not saddled with two mortgages that second time. Um, but we we lived in Austin for a while, and then we we decided that we wanted to start having children. And we started having children. We had his, uh, our son when we lived in Austin. He, he's lovely. He's 10 now. So this was a while ago. And um, right after we had him, I went back to work. And I pretty quickly realized that um, working to take care of other people's children while I had my own child at daycare was really hard on me. I probably, looking back now, had some postpartum depression that was undiagnosed. And I didn't even realize that that's what was going on. Um, but after, fortunately, that's a lot more common now, or it's, or it's more commonly talked about. I, f I feel like a lot of women deal with postpartum de depression, but it just wasn't as talked about back then. And it's a lot more mainstream now, thanks to people like Chrissy Teigen, who has talked about who has talked about postpartum depression and has really put it out there to say, hey, this is something that a lot of us experience. I don't know that that um, for sure that that's what was going on, but looking back on it now, I think that that's probably a little bit of what was happening. But I had this really strong sense that I did not want to be working, that I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Well, living in Austin, that just was not feasible for us, for me to stay at home and for us to continue to be able to pay our mortgage. So again, fortunately, my husband is really awesome and flexible. I've told you all that. With these transitions of mine, we decided that we would move back to the Fort Worth area. Now, this was a pretty big deal for us because he was kind of coming into his own and his position um, at the company that he works at. And I had a great job. I mean, I was teaching th middle school theater, which if you're going to teach in middle school, the theater classroom is the great is a great place to be because there's so much drama in middle school. You might as well just like lean into it and really go where the drama is happening and just teach theater. And I liked my job. I liked my coworkers and we had some great friends, but it felt like 
that, and we had family around. Um, my husband's family was in the was in the area, but it really just felt like if we wanted to do this thing where where I stayed home, that we would have to go do it in a different place. And so we started looking around for jobs. Now, I mean, not for jobs, for a home. Because my husband's office, again, the company was awesome to let him transfer back to the Fort Worth office. So we started looking for homes. And <laughs> looking for homes turned out to be a pretty interesting comedy. We found this realtor through some friends. And I cannot remember his name, but let's just say I would not use him again. We had initially wanted to live in Fort Worth, but we realized pretty quickly that um, if we were going to just be on one salary, we were probably not going to be able to afford that. And even now, looking back, I really feel like we should have rented, but that's a story for another time. My husband was really into owning. So we got this realtor, and so we went on this series of terrible I call them blind dates, but they were blind dates with houses. And we were shown some of the most ridiculous houses. We had and we had funny names for most of them. And one of the houses that we looked at, we called the sleeping man house because we literally called the realtor and said, hey, we're coming. And our realtor talked to their realtor and told us the time to come visit. And we did. And we get to the house. We use the lockbox. We open the door. We walk in the house and we're walking around and looking at the backyard and looking at the living room and the dining room. And then we go into the bedroom and we hear this sound and we see this movement. And oh my gosh, there was a man sleeping in that bed and he just kind of rolls over like a big bear. And my husband and the realtor and I lit out of that house so fast because it was terrifying. We didn't know what he was going to do if he even knew we were there. We also started looking, our realtor just really was insistent that we look in these certain areas of town. And I would just, I was like, no, I'm not having it. Those are not the places I want to live. So I would just fall asleep in the back of the car and just sleep because I was pregnant at the time with our second child. And I was like, this is not where I want to live. I don't even care. My husband was much nicer than I was. He was, he would indulge the realtor a little bit but I wasn't having it. So we did ultimately find a cute little house in Benbrook that we could afford. And we decided to transition back to Fort Worth, which was great. We have lots of family and friends up here and they were really happy to see us come back. And I was going to start my new life as a stay at home mom. And so when we moved back, it was the beginning of the summer and I would have been staying home anyway. Um, so it wasn't that big a deal. And I only had one kid at the time. Um, and so we, we stayed home. It was great. It was wonderful. And then, um, in September I had my second child and, and she was wonderful. I have two kids, a boy and a girl, and they're lovely and both, and also frustrating at the same time as kids are. But I thought I'm going to do this. So I really went all in on the stay at home mom thing. I was making all of our meals, every meal of every day. I was making all of them. At one point, we didn't have a dishwasher. So not only was I making three meals a day, but I was hand washing dishes for three meals a day, which after about a month of that, I told my husband, screw it. We have to buy a dishwasher because I'm not doing this anymore. I was breastfeeding. I was taking, I was reading to my kids. I was, we were using cloth diapers and I was washing out diapers for my daughter and my son initially. So we're, we've got two kids in cloth diapers, which if you don't know what that means, that means a lot of poop is happening at our house. <laughs> and so one day I was looking around our house and I started getting really frustrated. 
And I couldn't figure out why. My husband came home and he was like, are you okay? And I just looked at him and with all seriousness, I said, you have to paint the walls of this house now. They are the same color as this baby poop. And so my husband immediately went out and got a pan, a can of paint. And every single night for the next three weeks, he would come home after work, strip down to his boxers and paint the walls of that house because I just couldn't handle it. The, the walls really were that yucky color of baby poop. So sorry about that, but that's the truth. <laughs> so during this time as a stay-at-home mom, I started taking on a lot of these um, roles and job descriptions at our house. Like I said, I was making all the food. I was washing all of the dishes. I was the primary caregiver of our two children. And about 18 months into this role as a, as a parent, as a full-time stay-at-home parent, um, well, I guess it was about a year. I went back to work full time. I was like, I cannot do this anymore. I can't, I cannot be a stay at home mom anymore. I love my children, but I want them to keep loving me and I want to keep loving them. So I'm going to have to go back to work. So during that time, I had gotten um, a master's in library science. So I was a certified school librarian. So I found a job as a high school librarian, which if you're going to teach, that is the, that's the very first place to be. The second best place is a middle school theater classroom. Awesome time. The first place to be is a high school library because you get to just read books and help people do research, which is what I love to do. But after about a year at that job, I thought, oh, this isn't right. I feel bad again. I'm sending my kids to daycare and I'm taking care of other people's kids. So you're going to see a pattern here of me not really knowing what I wanted to do when I grow up which is not a question I ask people anymore. I do not ask people what they want to be when they grow up. I ask them, who do you want to be when you grow up? Because I found that I did not want to be a stay-at-home, full-time stay-at-home mom, um, but I also did not want to be a full-time working mom. And again, I know that I have a lot of privilege and we were at a place in our financially, in our relationship that we could pull this off, but I decided to stay home again. So I went back to three meals a day, washing all the dishes, doing all the food, going to all the play dates, um, going to the park, doing all of it. And it was wonderful for about three months, the length of summer. Um, at that point, we enrolled our kids in a two-day-a-week camp, um, not camp, a, a two-day-a-week um, school, a little preschool, which was great. And then again, one day, my husband comes home and he says, oh my God, babe, are you okay? What's wrong? And I say, these kids have to go to school five days a week. I cannot handle this. I don't know what I was thinking. I cannot do this anymore. So on one salary with two mortgages still, because we still have that house in Austin that we weren't able to sell, we go back to um, sending our, we go to sending our kids to a little preschool for five days a week from nine to two. And at that time, I finally kind of got like, oh, I can do this. I can be a stay-at-home mom as long as there are no children around. <laughs> which seems really funny. But when they weren't there, I was able to get all that stuff done that I needed to get done. But I was really having to have, I had to, during this time, I learned that I really had to laugh at myself. And I had to laugh about this transition. Because here I was a young mom with really young kids. I had two kids under two. Um, my kids are only 17 months apart. So by the time my, they started going to this preschool, they were three and 18 months old. So it was a really scary time for me, not knowing who I was or what I was or how to parent or how to be this mom thing and how to be this stay at home mom thing. 
But I had to laugh at myself a lot because in a lot of marriages and in a lot of um, partnerships, that work, don't work, work, don't work would not have gone over very well. And fortunately, my husband was able to go with the flow, number one, but we were also able to laugh about that time, even in the middle of it, because it was really silly that I just could not make up my mind. And again, I know I had, I was very fortunate that I couldn't, that I didn't have to stick to one or the other. But it was nice to be able to realize that having a sense of humor during that time was was really helpful. So I'm going to tell you one story about having a sense of humor with children, um, because my husband didn't always get it that I didn't like being a stay-at-home mom. He thought, oh, it must be so nice to be at home all day with the kids. And so I was finishing up my master's in library science, and I was going to UNT in Denton, and I had to go up there a couple of times a year for like a three-day class. And so um, it was a weekend, and he was going to take care of the kids by himself all day on a Saturday and Sunday. And it was really the first time that he had done that without me around. Um, and he's like, I got this, babe. Don't worry. So um, on Saturday, I get up, I grab my breast pump, and I make my way up to, to Denton. I spend the whole day. It was a great day. I had I learned a lot, but also it was just nice to kind of get to be me for a little while without having to be um, a mom. And I get home and my husband's like, oh, that was easy. That was a great day. I don't know what your problem is. And I just said, okay, babe, that sounds good. I'll see you tomorrow. And then we went to sleep and I got up early again the next morning, grabbed my breast pump, went back up to Denton and did my whole day. And then as I'm driving home, I call my husband to say, hey, babe, I'm on my way home. And he has a really nervous sound or a nervous laugh. And he says, um, okay, well, um, okay, I need to tell you something. And I, and I could tell you now, or, or I could wait and tell you when you get home. And I was like, well, why don't you just tell me now? He said, okay. So I, w- I made dinner for the kids. And then after it was over, I was in the kitchen doing the dishes. In our kitchen, you could not see our living room. The kids were in the living room. Now, mind you, my daughter is not even a year old yet. So my son's barely two. And he says, and um, well, I noticed they were really quiet. And I came around the corner and I looked down at, at, at our daughter and I noticed she had these little pellets in her hands. And, and, I, and I, I didn't know what they were. And then I looked over at our son and, and I realized that he had stuck his hand up in his diaper and pulled some stuff out. And our daughter had this stuff in her hands and she had put it in her mouth. And I cracked up laughing. He goes, oh my God, our daughter was eating poop and you're laughing about it? And I just said, honey, I could either laugh or I could be really angry, but it's so much funnier to me that you realize that being a stay-at-home mom is a really big job and it's hard to do. Being a stay-at-home parent is constant vigilance, as Moody would say from Harry Potter books. So that was the time where we learned that during these times of transition, having a sense of humor about what you're going through, about what your spouse is dealing with, about how you navigate your children's lives can really be helpful because it's going to help release that tension and help make things um, a little less serious. Don't worry. My daughter's fine. We got it all cleaned up. Everybody's good. She's, we laugh. We all laugh about it now, but I was the only one laughing about it that day because it was hilarious to me. So 
The next big transition I want to talk to you about is after I worked for a little while full time, I stayed home again and then I couldn't decide what I wanted to do. And I found a really great part time job. And it was a really, really good job. And I learned a lot at that job. I went back to being an academic advisor, which is what I had done at UT um, when we first moved to Austin. And I had a great population of students and I had wonderful coworkers who I still really enjoy those coworkers. But what I was doing with the students, I realized was not really academic advising. I wasn't just helping students navigate their college classes. I had really transformed into this role of navigating school. And I don't just mean by navigating school and navigating classes and navigating school are two different things. Navigating classes is knowing what the course catalog says and knowing what your degree plan says and picking the correct classes. But navigating school is much more about not just study skills, but how to access resources, how to use your time wisely, how to be responsible for yourself. It's really a lot of these executive functioning skills that some kids have when they get to college. Some kids are, they're emerging when they get to college and some kids just don't have these skills when they get to college. So I had started doing a lot of this role and I realized that that's what I liked the best about my job. I mean, picking classes was great, but I mean, all the people in my office were really good at that. But this academic coaching role that I had taken on at that job, that's really what I enjoyed doing. So again, my husband comes home from work one day and he says, what's going on, babe? And I say to him, um, I think I want to quit my job and open my own business. And there was a little bit of silence for a moment. And then he said, that's a great idea. Let's do it. (sighs) Oh my gosh, what a relief to know that I had the support, but also what a relief to know that I knew myself well enough. And I think that that's the other big takeaway that I want you to hear today is that you know yourself. You are the expert in you. You know, I'm really fortunate that my husband was so supportive, but He didn't know my mind and he didn't know my heart until I told it to him. And when I had to say those things out loud to him, it wasn't just that I was telling him what I felt and what I thought. I was telling myself too. And I was really convincing myself that, hey, you know what you're doing here. Why don't you make a go of it? So I want you to realize that you know yourself the best. So when it's time for you to make a big decision, a big choice, a big transition, Realize that you do know yourself really well. You're the expert in you. Now, it doesn't always feel like it. So you might have to take a step back like we talked about last time. You have to take a step back and think about what do I know? Now, I didn't know anything about the business side, and I've had to learn a lot over the last five years. But what I did know was that the content that I was sharing with my students And my skills as a teacher, but also as a student, were really giving me an edge that other people didn't have. So I found this little niche market where I could work as an academic coach with a group of students. And I have, it's gone really well. And I really, really love what I do. Now, as I'm transitioning into working with not just students, but also emerging adults and adults and maybe parents, I'm realizing that. I have all of those skills within me too, because those are all areas of life and transitions that I have already navigated. Now, every navigation and every journey, every transition is different. 
how I dealt with my emerging adulthood is not the same as how some of my current clients are going to deal with it. But as I talked about before, the mere fact that they know that I have dealt with that, that that I have done these things, that there are other people out there who have gone through these transitions really helps them to feel not alone. So my big takeaways today are that you have to think about your energy around a transition. Whether it's a chosen transition or a forced transition, you get to decide how you show up to those transitions. You get to decide how you navigate those transitions. You know, if you want it to go smoothly, you can choose a positive attitude and things can go fairly well. If things don't go well, maybe take a moment and step back and say, hey, What's my energy around this? Could I make a change there? Would that make this transition go more smoothly? The second big takeaway is have a sense of humor. You really have to be able to laugh at yourself. You have to be able to laugh about the trials and the tribulations that are apparent and and come up in every single transition that you have, whether it's a small one or a large one. There's going to be things that are stressful. And if you can take a moment to laugh about those things, you really are going to relieve that tension and you're going to open yourself up to new possibilities. And finally, I want you to know yourself. You are the expert in your own life. And yeah, there might be people around you that can help coach you or help talk you through Um, a trying situation or a transition, but you have to trust that you know yourself. You are the expert in you. And even if you have to make a quick decision, know that you're making that quick decision with the weight of all of your knowledge and all of your experience and all of your skills behind it. So know know yourself. I want to say thank you again for your time today. I really enjoy talking about these things. I do this with people on a one-on-one basis too. And so if you are so interested, please, 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 if you like this podcast, if you like what I have to say, please follow me on Instagram at Panther City Partners. Like, share, comment, do all of those wonderful things so that people can get to know about this. But also, if you have a transition that you're going through that you're interested in talking about a little bit more, slide on into the DMs there and let me know if you want to talk about this further. Remember, these skills that you're that we're, we're talking about here about transitions are not going to just help you in your personal life and your professional life, but they're going to help you in your relational life too. And that is really important to me, that we understand that we can be there for each other, that we're not alone. Um, remember too that I have a website, panthercitypartners.com. Please go there if you want to know more information about what I do or how you can get in touch with me. I really would like to talk with you and hear what you have to say about the transitions in your life. Um, everyone has their own story of transition and change, and these are just a few of mine. So thank you so much for taking some time and listening and sharing in these stories. I'm Leanne Finley-Maxwell with Panther City Partners. Please join us again next week for more stories of change and transition Fort Worth style. Remember, the only constant is change, but you don't have to go it alone.